Be brave enough to fight off despair. If you're a Gundam pilot, a new type, you can do it. Welcome to New Type Flash. This is a podcast where every other week we come to you with Gundam Universal Century in a more or less chronological order. This week we are coming to you with Double Zeta episodes 42 and 43. With us this week we have Scotty P. Once dated a girl from Core 3 and we went out to dinner at a place called Cicero and I finally got to hear her speak and it was a very low baritone voice so I undocked my colony from that pretty quickly was she a 12 year old orphan in forced labor no no i'm pretty sure it was just a dude and we have luke i i i went and knew it was a dude the whole time looked like judo in drag (laughs) it's actually Uh, my specific fetish (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure there's some thin books for that God damn it! Uh, yeah, just to follow up on some some uh, errata from 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 the last episode. Uh, and he means E R A, not E R O. Yeah, just want to follow up. There is actually no Bang Bus subreddit on that we found. I think Luke found a banned one. Yeah, the banned bus. Uh, all yeah. I found was one called. Jail fuck. <laughs> uh. Yeah, well, going back to the timeline thing, I just wanted to note here because there are a couple of different sources on the timeline for episodes uh, 42 and 3, which are a two-parter. And one source says that it's about a week after the last episode, which I think probably makes more sense. But then the timeline that I think makes more sense later says that we're now on the 10th of December. So, eh, something it's, like that. It's, it's always hard to tell. I mean, we've talked about this in several, several other episodes, especially when we covered the novels, like space is big. It's not easy to move between all of these points. So, um, yeah, but the, when you binge watch these, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of time in between it, them. I, well, it never feels like there's a lot of time yeah. between any of these episodes. It always feels like bang, 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 bang. It feels like one of my D&D games where I am completely unable to keep track of the amount of time that's passed. And so it's like, you've been doing this for a week. Really? You've traveled three continents. It's been a week. Shut up. <laughs> it's because with, with every new episode or new like mini storyline that takes you know an episode or two or three... Tomino has to shove a whole big bunch more pointless information in your face to remember, but only for that little period of time. It's true. He's the master of shoving useless information that will be useful 10 episodes down the line, but we don't have 10 episodes left. So there we go. Episode 42, the girl from court three part one. So, we learned that Cicero is a small mining asteroid that is going to be hooked up to the colony named Core 3, which is what Haman owns. Haman and Neozi own. Yeah, so uh, what we haven't really seen here, but has been heavily implied, and I don't think it's ever super directly stated, but the Federation has full-blown given Neozi on side three. Well, see, they right. said side three, but they they very much implied it's just core three. 
It's it's both, but Core Three is like one the of the major. Quality. I guess what they're using right as a at least they make it sound like it's a major important thing. It's not Zoom City, so yeah, because we don't we don't really see Zoom uh, Zoom City or Zoom, the that colony ever again, do we? Is no, it? yeah, I don't think so. And it's, it's still there. It, yeah, but it's nothing right. as far as we know. Yeah, so they but what they never. What's never explicitly stated, but you kind of figure out after a while is once they're given those colonies, they leave Earth. So they do all that stuff on Earth and then they up and leave once they get those colonies. I have a not really a story question so much, but more of a, I don't know, we'll call it a geography question. Core three is a colony within side three. Is that accurate? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is this the only core, quote unquote, that we've seen? Is that a thing or is that just, it just happened to be named Core 3? I just think it happened to be named Core 3. Yep. So as I far as I know. Uh, so I, they kept calling it Core 3, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if I have like a shitty translation or something like that. And then I like looked it up and I'm like, no, this is actually Core 3. I'm like, yep. are there other cores? And I can't find any other cores. Yeah, no, I think that's it. It, it. Not a great name for a colony. Not a there's, great name. There's Core's Light. Well, especially since it's in Side 3, and I'm like, well, is this... Maybe it's Core, core 3. Core it's of like the, the Core of Side 3. But that doesn't... I mean, that kind of doesn't make sense. I don't know. I don't know. It's, don't the, know. it's the Core of Side 3. It, it is the third colony in the group of colonies called Core in the larger group of colonies comprising side three. It, yes. That's kind of all I can figure nomenclature wise. Well, I, I mean, if you think about what we know about side three, zoom, like you said, uh, tiger bomb core three. And then there's something else. Uh, what was it called? Mahal. Is that it? Is that what it's called? I don't remember. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, the naming scheme leaves a lot to be desired for me. Yeah. I think the names of the colonies are just like randomly, like probably voted on by the colonists there every once in a while. I mean, you had the Texas colony for God's sakes. (laughs) All right. So the Gundam team is going, their goal is to infiltrate uh, core three, because again, this is kind of where Haman and her group have set up the, the home base. Um, uh, they see a bunch of mobile suits flying around. We don't know what they are yet, but we'll get to those later. Um, Haman learns uh, on the base. Uh, we see her and we learn that uh, Shara Soon has been recalled to suppress the Lamoon rebels, um, which I guess are just these mining rebels. Like They never explain why these guys are called the Lamoon rebels. But. The name never comes up again. I don't know what they were talking about. I don't know if they meant uh, the Cicero asteroid that we see the judo yeah. and the, those kids on. I don't know. The uh, place that Haman and Maneva are is very reminiscent. It's not the same colony, but it's very reminiscent of when we see Char and Camille run into them in Zeta, like when they're on that colony with uh, Rosamia. Yeah, they seem to always, and whenever they're in one of these colonies and like they're at some bad guy's house it always just seems to be like one of these victorian v- villas on like the side of a mountain or something 
just seems to be like what they do. Um, Have you ever seen those like uh, mass production houses that they like drive on trailers down the, the highway? That's what these are. It's like Xeon just has like a shitload of them in a warehouse somewhere and they just <laughs> truck them out to colonies for important people. They actually, uh, they they do explain this later in either this episode or the next one. They basically show up and go, hey, Rich, a-hole, we're using this one, sorry. Yep. Yeah. Imminent domain it. Yep, so we see um, Charasun, and she has Knee and Lance with her. Uh, They're basically her handlers, uh, as we'll see throughout the next few episodes. Um, But she's still crazy. Um, and we also learned that Glimmy has departed core three to, uh, at, uh, Haman's orders to take out the Aragama. Um, then we see Glimmy on his ship, uh, with Rakan. So we now know that Rakan and Glimmy have hooked up and are allied. Uh, and they are, have they hooked up? Yes. Cause I mean, Glimmy sort of like he's got that timid bottom vibe, but then he's also got that uh, kid toucher vibe. So I don't No, They've definitely hooked up and like there's definitely like a sweaty room to prove it. Ooh. <laughs> they've been the sheet. He dove his wolf. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, so the Glimmy and, and Rock On are just like chilling. Watching Netflix while uh, Pull Tooth flies, <laughs> flies, flies around uh, at the Cubole. Uh, Glemmy makes a comment that uh, that Pull can now remotely pilot the uh, Cubole, and we see that she's wearing this like uh, headband type thing that look. We see it throughout the next few episodes, but. Essentially, what this thing appears to be, uh, they never specifically say it, is some sort of like device that um, acts as like an amplifier or like some sort of additional transmission of her new type abilities to control control these suits. Or it's just headphones and she doesn't actually need them, but she just wanted to listen to some podcasts during all this. Yeah, she's listening to us. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so, and while she's flying around, she notes that she senses judo from around Cicero. Um, she wants to, she, she is pissed. She wants her revenge on judo, uh, and she's going to go capture him and kill him. And Glimmy is, is like, he makes a comment that basically says he is going to use pull to take axes for himself. Um, so judo was uh pushing a rock towards the colony when some rock randomly blows up near him so Uh, they're they're hiding in dummy asteroids despite the dialogue earlier of them saying that they had just put their dummy asteroids away i was like uh okay whatever it doesn't matter Um, you got more (laughs) yeah but but then yes an actual rock like explodes and knocks judo back and you think it's going to be a thing where they're like, Oh, why did the, they blow that up for this mine? So close. Uh, but then they just kind of keep on Never continuing on. And, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They make a, they make a very specific note like, Oh, 
this is suspicious. And then that's it. It's a, uh, it's a very Tomino thing that I think is in some ways interesting to watch. And in some ways, maybe more realistic, but I, also, I can't decide if it's also not. There are very few mundane moments. Like something is always happening. Yeah. Uh, even if it's a scene where all they're really doing is going from point A to point B that are like 20 meters away from each other. Yeah. Um, so uh, they enter and see those three suits that they saw flying around earlier. And they believe that they are going to be able to co-opt some of these neo- anti-Neozeon miners that are on Cicero um, to help them take over Cicero and then ultimately Core 3. Um, then we we zoom in on the miners who are being uh, fed some actually pretty decent looking food uh, by some little girl. And we learn that they are scared shitless of Sharasun. They're like, ah, we can't dawdle around too much or she'll well, she's be crazy. Us. But they, they do mention, and I don't know if I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but they do mention specifically that a lot of the miners are discontented with Neozeon. Yeah. Um, and they don't really, I don't think they don't really get into why at this point. Um, but it, it, it does come up very quickly here. Um, so it's, it's kind of an important note. They're going after these miners yeah. because a lot of them are against Neozeon. Yeah, well, they say that they call her cat-eyed Chara. They say that she whips them and they say that even though we're not seeing this right now, they, they imply that they don't have enough food and they say that things were better under the zombies. When here with Haman and Chara, we don't have enough food. Yeah. They, they yeah, I, think, I think you're getting to the point where that I was, that I was hinting at. Yeah. When they start talking to the miners, essentially they're like, Oh, hey, that's pretty good. And he's like, yeah, but it's not enough. There's never enough. Yeah. Yeah, they they start going back and forth, and everybody's getting, like, really argumentative, and they're, they're getting all heated up, and then uh, talking about, like, how bad Xeon and everything is. And they're like, one of the guys, I forget if it's, like, uh, Eno or Beecha, he's like, hey, I know how to deal with this situation. You know what we can do? He's like getting ready to be like, we can, we could take over the colony. And then like Shar soon shows up and is like whipping and like, she's in a extra more bondage suit than she was in before. Like this is like Shara V2, like super tits edition. American gladiators, but yeah. with a whip. Yeah. So uh, Judo is like, what the fuck are you doing, Shara? What what's going on here? What what's with what's with you? And she gets so horny. She like jumps on him and just starts just motorboating him. Like to, to be clear, she has him motorboat her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, tits all in his face. Like, yeah. Um, her handlers are like, seeing a young man has reverted her to her old ways. Um, and they're like trying to pull her off. And and then they're like, oh, the Cubile has infiltrated the asteroid and an airlock has opened itself. 
and somebody's like, that's impossible. An airlock can't open itself. And then uh, one of the handlers is like, not for the Cubalase pilot. And so Shara is like, she gets all serious and she's like, I will deal with this. And like, she turns around and marches off and Judo's like, hey, Shara, I'll, I'll put my, my face between your tits. Uh, I mean, can't, can't we be friends? It did make a note because in the translation, uh, the guy comes up and says, uh, a Cubalase slipped inside. And it was in the middle of her being motorboated, so it was a little bit like, yeah, you know, it was funny this episode. I agree with that translator. That's what the <laughs> that's what the long part of the head is for. Uh, so anyway, uh, Beach is talking about wanting to talk to the miners some more before Chara and the others return, and they're kind of hesitant, but uh, like cause, because of the way Chara acted, they think the kids are spies for her now, and they're like, oh. no, we're going to go back to work. We, we we did miss one little quick thing. Um, Chara makes a comment very like off the cuff as she's marching off that she realizes that it was that she knows that the Kublai infiltrating and attacking is related to Glimmy. Uh, not a huge point yet, but it's just we're 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 sprinkling those seeds of of what's going on here. Um, and it's a little good bit of good foreshadowing. Um, so yeah, all of the miners now totally don't trust Judo. They're like, dude, you just got your face full of Shara Moon's tits and like, she's been whipping us. Why would we be on your side? He's like, no, nah, listen, listen, guys, it's, it's not the what you think it is. It's totally not what you think it is. Well, he's like, it's just, that's just how she is. <laughs> um, yeah, so the little girl gives them all food, um, and she tells them that she's 12. And uh, when her daddy disappeared, she was conscripted to, to do manual labor in his stead. It's a good, good situation we have here in Neozeon. Yeah, he, he disappeared when the Neozeon soldiers came. Um, so, uh, Paul and Shara meet up, they argue, um, and Paul basically launches a ton of the funnels and is like, yeah, don't fuck with me or I'll blow this shit up. Uh, and she then, said, I got mind bullets. And by that, I mean, they're, they're funnels. They're the funnels from the cubile. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she she just heads off and she's like, I've got something that's bothering me here and I'm going to go deal with it. And we know it's Judo from her comments earlier. So she heads off to find Judo. Um, so in the meantime, Judo's like, all right, listen, I can totally meet up with Shara and, you know, get her to join me and get her off of Cicero because she doesn't like fighting me. She likes being my friend. Um, I don't know what the fuck's wrong with Judo, but... Like, this never seems like it's going to work, but he's, like, insistent on it. Uh, the miners, at this point, just take the Gundam team and tie them up. They're like, nah, fuck you guys. Like, we don't trust you. Um, the 12-year-old girl uh, is, like, hanging out behind them, and... She sees her dad in like a truck that is driving away and she like tries to chase after him, yelling at him. 
um, but she's unable to follow him. But we we actually hear her dad's name, which is Roy, before hers. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as he drives away, Pool uh, drives up in some weird like motorbike thingy, um, and she's like, "Hey." can you help me find my daddy or something along those lines? And Paul's like, sure. Why not? I can relate to this for some reason. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, she pulled begs pull for a ride and she's like, all right, let's go that way. So they turn around and, and uh, chase after him. Uh, the, the Gundam team tries to convince the miners to let them go and tell them that they're with the AU, but like, they don't really believe them. When they tell them they're with the AU, they're like, Oh, does this matter? And some guys like, eh, nah, I don't believe him. Well, um, and they go, what do you think Roy? And he just goes, figure all that out. And it's like, that's actually spot on. That's exactly what would happen there. Yeah. Yeah. It's more reasonable yeah. than, Oh, you're with a, let me untie you. He didn't just like believe them or not. He's like, yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll get to that. We don't know what we're doing here yet. So. Yep. Um, so yeah, um, the the little girl. I think we still don't have her name at this point in the episode. We're about to. So about let's just start it. using it. Rutina. We are about to learn her name is Rutina. So so all right. Yeah. So Rutina gets uh, dropped off by Paul, and she's like, "Hey, thanks. You're a good person. This this blows Paul's mind. This blows Paul's mind. Why are you calling me a good person?" Poles are so easy to break. Maybe that's why they have so many of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. So yeah, Poles like, what the fuck? She called me nice. Okay, I'm gonna follow this girl. Um, <laughs> so the miners turn off the lights when they hear somebody coming down the like the tunnel that they're in, um, and then Roy recognizes Rutina. And it's like, that's my daughter. Don't shoot her, guys. I almost thought she was going to get shot here the first time I watched it. I was like, this girl's totally going to die, and this episode's going to go awry. Um, but she doesn't. She doesn't get shot. Uh, the one the one complaint I have about this is, is kind of to do with this. Like, the girl's like, oh, you know, I haven't seen my father, and they can't find him. They don't know what's going on with him. So I got conscripted in his, in his stead. Uh, so I don't know what happened, but I, you know, I'm just smiling along and doing the best I can. And then 30 seconds later, her dad shows up. Well, I mean, ostensibly like her dad's not been missing that long. Right. Because I, 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 again, we've talked about the timeline a little bit, but like Neo Zeon hasn't been in this area very long. No, like a month at the most, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But now I, I think without that context i agree with luke though but it's also just that's just the narrative framing device it's here's these random side characters for this episode and and giving you some motivation and things like that with them they don't give good context in the episode which is the frustrating part right like the con like when you when you see this it's they make it seem like this has been the situation for a long time like, if I were to watch this and very heavily implied that way, yeah. If I were to watch this and they were like, "Oh yeah, the dude's been missing for like a year or two, I wouldn't have batted an eye. Um, so yeah, it's the, the timeline stuff yeah. is 
super difficult and annoying. It to follow. felt like, oh, my dad was missing. They couldn't find him. He was gone for a while. And then they came looking for someone to fill his place. Like, that's right. that's the way it. And, and if it was only a month, like, and he was in the next room, like, how did they not know where he was? How did not no one know where he was? And he was literally never how did he never have the wherewithal to like go find her? Well, Roy explains <laughs> as it would turn out. Now he doesn't explain well, but he explains better than Bright does on why he's absent. So <laughs> we're in a war. Yeah. Bright's just like, well, there were things to do in space and earth. And, you know, I was only two streets over, but we just had to get going. So Whereas Roy at least has a an excuse, I think. I, I'm not going to say it's a good reason, but his excuse is basically that he didn't want Rutina um, mixed up in anti-war stuff. So he was hiding, and he didn't imagine that with him being gone, they would go to the length of conscripting children. So he, you know, he didn't think she would get mixed up in all of it. But now, you know, here she is mixed up in all of it and had an absent father for a while. Yeah. He, he makes it seem like it just occurred to him that they could have escaped together. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah. Yeah. So everyone comes around when Rutina is like, hey, why, why have you kidnapped these guys? They're good people. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, these, this 12-year-old trusts these people, so we will too. They say she has good intuition. I take this to mean that she's probably a new type, but they never tell us this or explain it or or hint at it beyond this. Yeah. But she has the kind of that perceptive thing that they give to characters when, you know, later on they get conscripted into mobile suits and you find out like, oh, there is something to it. You know, I just take it as in universal century people are shitty about keeping prisoners as we've seen in every episode where somebody's been taken prisoner in the Argama. Well, and Rutina, see, she was probably presumably given her age born in space. Yeah. And her soul is not weighed down by gravity. Yeah. She's, she's fine. She's fine. Um, so Rue tells the miners that uh, they want to infiltrate core three through Cicero. Uh, and while she's kind of like giving spilling the beans, uh, pull is hanging out to the side, listening behind a box or a rock or something like that. Uh, and she decides she is going to summon the cubile. Um, and you see her little headband thing glow a little bit, but it's like, I guess she did, she didn't have the range on it. She, she only had like the 3g phone instead of the 4g or LTE or 5g or whatever. So she had to get closer to the to the Wi-Fi uh, signal to get to summon it. Well, she this goes along with my Rutina is a new type theory. Um, she can't use it because she gets like this mental interference because she sees a vision of Rutina and her father, and I think that's co- being caused by Rutina's feelings of being happy about being reunited with her dad. Yeah. So um, they're going to take judo. They, they agree, the, the miners agree to take Judo to try to convince Shara to uh, join up with them or at least like leave Cicero one, one more time 
Um, nobody seems to think this will work, but like, but judo, but they go along with it. Um, Shara is having her men try to pin the funnels down. Uh, right when Paul walks up and is like, uh, nah, fuck off. Um, <laughs> not gonna let you do that. And summons her suit and jumps inside it. Uh, and then she fires on Shara and then leaves the area. Um, the miners distract Shara's men, uh, little henchmen dudes. And, um, Judo sneaks up on her and like, it's like, Hey, Shara, come here. Uh, you should join me. And this time she doesn't get all horny on him. Like she did the last time she saw him. She starts like trying to whip him. And he's like, Shara, like you should come and do my laundry. And this, this harkens back. We didn't mention this earlier in the episode, but like, somebody had made a comment like, Oh, we should just remind her like how she enjoyed doing laundry. And somebody else is like, she was our fucking prisoner. You think she enjoyed doing laundry? There's like, no, it's fine. It's fine. And so judo's like, Hey, why don't you come and do my laundry? Yeah. He actually says, why don't you stop this war stuff and do laundry? <laughs> that's yeah. a, that's a total Chad move right there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the laundry thing just yeah. Um yeah, he tells her that they've got her under mental control and yeah, it, she, she's really fucked up at this point. So I I don't think I don't know when we get an explanation. Do we ever get like a full explanation of what happened to her? No, we get some implication uh in a in a few episodes. Yeah. Some very strong uh, hints at some things that have been going on. So, yeah, we'll get to it, yeah. more or less. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I couldn't remember, but, I mean, she's fucked up. Uh, but, yeah, there's a comment where Judo says that they've got her under mental control. Um, so uh, stick that note in your in your pocket, and we'll come back to that later. Um, the miners want the Gundam team to summon the Argama so they can all escape uh, because things are, are getting hot in this this. Uh, asteroid now uh and then char's henchmen notice that the air is escaping the asteroid during this battle so uh there's a hole somewhere in the asteroid and it is now leaking oxygen um as uh rue and l and the other girls the gundam team are escaping uh pool corners them uh with a funnel and demands to know where judo is uh she is still on her revenge or capture uh, mission and Rutina tells Paul that she is not a bad person and should not be doing this and Paul's like uh what the fuck um so judo, judo tries to get Char to remember everything so like he shows up and is like um you know talking about like the moon moon events and things along those lines she's like basically trying to jog her memory um and get her to like remember yeah. where she is, who she is. And well, what, what snaps her out of things is that he mentions how Rossera died. And yeah. that's when she's like, Oh wait, huh? huh? Yeah. So she, she starts remembering things and then she starts shoving her tits in his face, but then her henchmen show up and pull him off. And, uh, that gets her all back in normal. And then, uh, right before anything can happen, Beecher blows a hole in the wall in the asteroid uh, to save Judo. 
and then uh, Shara orders her men to get her gamalk for her. I enjoy this little scene because you have Judo getting, uh, you know, smothered in Chara's tits again. And then these two dudes run up with guns and pull them off. And they're like, what are you doing? And then there's another explosion and you just see like the Zeta Gundam's head looking in as if it's also <laughs> saying, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. the So we see the game arc. Uh I'm trying to like, it is, uh, it's a variant of like the, not the violent. What is it a variant of? Um, it is. I can't remember. It's kind of just its own thing. I thought it, it it was like a variant of something. I it must be mixing some of them up. You well, you're thinking about Neon Lance's suits. Oh, uh, that might be what it is. Yeah, because those since we're on them, I mean, we can we yeah can talk about them. So the game Hawk, that's Amex zero one five. That is Chara's suit. This is basically a walking stack of beam cannons. Oh yeah, it's it's basically like a mini psycho Gundam. Kinda, yeah, uh, but yeah, it's got like a big old thirty megawatt cannon in the chest. It's got several um, other much smaller ones, ranging from uh, I think like two to six megawatts. They there's some on the excuse me, there's one on the pelvis. There's some on the shoulders. There are some on the ends of the fingers, which I uh, saw in one place called mittens. I thought that was kind of adorable. Uh, violent mittens. And there are even leg guns. And you got to love leg guns. Shout out to Fortress Maximus on the leg guns. You always need those. Not enough mobile suits have them. Uh, over 20 beam weapons in all, which sounds like something you would hear on the toy commercial for this. Anyway, it also has two large funnels on the back with mega particle guns on each, and those have 14 child funnels a piece, so you get a total of 28 funnels. We're going infomercial stats on this bad boy. Anyway, it does have a Saikamu equipped, and it was intended for mass production, but like... So, so, so many things in Zeta and Double Zeta. They only ever made one of them. What says, so we last see it, uh, somebody, uh, I'm looking at the Gundam wiki right now, and it says that it was actually last seen in UC-100. Uh, okay, it's the Gundam wiki. I mean. Yeah, uh, oh, scene in, it was in Build Divers, too. Of course, everything's in the oh, so it was in a, it was in a, it was in a. The reason they say UC one hundred is that it apparently appeared in a manga called Double O Ninety Nine Moon Crisis. Okay, well, anyway, uh, so Nee and Lance are in the AMX one seventeen units. One of them is the AMX one seventeen L, which is the Gaz or Gaz L. So it's like Gaza, C, Gaza, D, but without the extra A at the end. And then that one's uh, L, and that is uh, Lance is in that one, and then it's the red one. And then you have AMX 117R, the Gaz R, which is uh, what Knee is in. And it's great that the red one is not the R. It would be nice and easy to remember, but they're not. Um, so the red one is with Lance, 
and he's in the guy's L. I guess you can remember L and Lance, whatever. Uh, and then Ni is in the blue one, which is the guy's R. The LR is basically just saying which one of the suit's shoulders has that flared armor thingy on it. Now, these are based on the Gabaldi Beta, which we saw, which was the uh, Earth Federation unit that the Titans were using in Zeta early on. And uh, that, of course, was carried down from the Gabaldi Alpha, which we only, Alpha, excuse me, that we only saw in the plot to assassinate Giren. Um, it's somewhat obvious from it, its looks, but it basically this just has a more powerful reactor in it. It's like the uh, Shazrum or Sturm DS. Like it's, yeah. it's a Rick Diaz, but they made it a little bit nicer. These are mostly for melee combat. You can kind of tell just by looking at them. They do have a couple of, uh, beam sabers that can combine. And then they have those big additional like heat lancer javelins that really are the main weapons. We're going to end up seeing them use. These are only used by Haman's Royal guard. And I have one gunpla note on these. The Gaz L and Gaz R actually have a modern high grade. Uh, they were sold as a set as a P Bandai exclusive. That doesn't surprise me because the Galbaldi beta got a new kit, um, you know, four or five years ago. So I, these probably came out roughly at the same time as a P Bandai, uh, exclusive two pack. And that was before P Bandai was something that you could, you know, I mean, it's still timed, but before that was operating in the U S so. Probably a little bit pricey to get that set. Uh, but anyway, the funny part is like, those have nice new model kits if you want them and want to go and pay for them on the secondary market. Uh, the Gamehawk only has an old, crappy resin kit. That's it. <laughs> Nothing did else. The, did the uh, GBO version not get a kit? Nope. Huh. Nothing. I wonder if you could mod another kit. I wonder if anyone's ever tried. Uh, I'm maybe, I don't know the fact that there isn't a kit made. Maybe no one's ever even tried. They said, maybe if one day we see someone try that hard on the internet, we'll think about it. But it's a pretty suit. I like it. I, I think it's neat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, beach, drops a dummy asteroid with a core fighter in it for judo. Uh, so he can dock into the double Zeta. Um, Char attacks Judo as he's uh, defending against. So, so yeah, he gets in the, they turn into double Zeta. Char attacks him. Uh, but he, again, is in full, like, let's be friends mode. Um, so he's defending against her attacks pretty easily. Like, he's a way better pilot than she is at this point. Um, and he's trying to talk foo her. Uh, to make her remember him, uh, think Camille talking to, you know, four or any of the other women that he ended up killing at some yeah. point in his life. As we start to reach the climax of the series, Judo does act a lot more Camille-like. Yeah. Um, she uses her lasers against him uh, and uh, misses Judo. Um, but then after she misses, they all decide like her, he backs up a little bit and then Shara and her minions, uh, decide to withdraw because they, they'll have more support when they get closer to core three. And 
we're like two minutes from the episode ending. So like, they, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. Um, so there, we learned that the Gundam team is still able to get into core three, uh, through the hole in Cicero, uh, that Beecha nicely, uh, ripped open for them. Um, and we learned that, uh, pull or not pull. I'm sorry. Uh, Rutina, L and Rue were all taken by pull two to the Cubile, or they were taking me in the Cubile to uh, court three. Um, and then Judo says that they're like trying to like rush because Beach is like, no, we gotta, or Mondo's like, we gotta get the fuck in there and like get, get the girls back and like, and murder her mom and all this stuff. And Judo's like, hey, we can't rush into court three or Rasra's death will be in vain. Um, which I don't understand the roster is death thing, but, um, he's basically saying, Hey, we need to slow down and like actually try to, to plan this out. Um, and then the episode ends, uh, with a little bit of docking, which is how I like episodes to end and begin. Well, and that's also how you increase your mining resources so that you can fight a war. Docking. Docking more. Yeah symmetrical docking that's what they should have done <laughs> would you would would asymmetrical docking be less effective here that's that's more like sword fighting that's usually a villain thing so maybe actually you know symmetrical docking you've got to be typically you're you're a hero unit you're a good guy so yeah yeah maybe although it's funny because sometimes some of the instances of symmetrical docking, the the guys that the dudes that dock to become a larger dude when asymmetrically docked, aren't. It's actually not symmetrical once they combine. It's just that's the type of docking. So I don't I don't know, man. I I didn't make up the brave series logic. Yeah, well, I mean, and you know, we also need to get some stamens and pistols and it, or both. I'll be your stamen man. Two stamens, two pistols. Episode 43, The Girl from Core 3, Part 2. Yeah, so we get a shot of docked colony and asteroid time. It, it looks like a dick and balls. Yep. <laughs> uh, uh, yep, so the... As soon as the hatch opens to Cicero, the Neozeon soldiers invade uh, to find the Gundam team and their collaborators, and the miners, or I guess we can refer to them as the Lamoon rebels, even though nobody else does at this point. Cicero rebels is what they're referred to as. So maybe there's just another one that was Lamoon and we just don't even see or hear anything about maybe. it. Maybe. I feel like I this, don't is, know. This, is a, uh, this is a thing we need to know. Um so the girls are, um, oh, sorry. So we, we see kind of like a montage of uh, the soldiers searching through the, the base or through the, the mine uh, and not really finding anybody, but having a handful of close calls. So uh, we're led to believe this is like, th there's some sort of amount of time that passes where they're being searched for. Um, 
And we see the girls are escorted to another fancy house on a hill. Uh, and they end up in Maneva Zombie's room. We haven't seen her in a hot minute. Um, and then Poole kind of rushes in because the girls kind of like escape, were trying to escape into another room or escape out of their they're, hole. So they're being escorted by guards. And then they just do, like, El and Rue give each other this little knowing look. And then they do their, like, hood rat duck and dive into another room. Yeah. And that room has Neva and her her lady-in-waiting there. And uh, Paul aims her gun at Maneva, uh And I think she thinks about it for a second. Very clearly thinks about it for a second. Um, and then she, like, she hesitates and doesn't shoot. Well, she she looks at Maneva through the scope and gets this thought that something is weird here, and then she lowers her weapons. Um, just a little something to remember that you won't, but that's um, all. Yeah, so uh, Paul gets yelled at by the soldiers and basically said, like, yeah, if you do that again, we're going to shoot you. Um, so the, back to... The rebels uh, talking with the uh, with Judo and company. Uh, discuss, they actually are discussing tactics and strategy. Um, not something we see a lot in Gundam, um, but they're sitting down saying, "Like, all right, here, where's Haman?" Um, they pointed out on on the mansion on the hill. Oh, yeah, and um, this is where they explain. I had mentioned this uh, when we were starting on episode forty two stuff, but this is where. Roy is explaining that Haman has confiscated a civilian's villa in the hills. Yeah. Um, so Beecha wants to just shoot the Argama's beam cannon at the colony and kill Haman. He's like, let's just fucking blow it up. Yeah. So I wrote down that that seems pretty effective, but also potentially irresponsible. And uh, Roy, Judo, and Mondo then all agreed with me, and they're like, no, we are not killing five million people. Yeah. Uh, and then Eno's like, wait, I have an idea. Eno, of all people, goes, I know how we can blow up five million people. No, that's not what he <laughs> says. He, he's like, I know how we can use the cannon. Yeah. And, but then you don't get to hear what it is, because we we're going to cut to another scene. Yep. So, uh, Paul, uh, we see Paul bowing to Haman and Mineva. She's in her nice little, I think she was in it before, uh, but she's in her like Neo Zeon garb now. Um, and Haman asks Paul if, uh, El people and her were sisters. And Paul is like, I don't know who that is. And Haman's like, Oh, really? Is that what Glimmy did to you? Is that what really Glimmy did to you? And then Paul like has some weird reaction where she's like, "I only know what I know," or something something along those lines. And it's kind of like, "Wait, what's what's going on here?" Lenny did not prepare the clones for being questioned about their existence, for being trolled by Haman. Pretty much, yeah. Um, and and Paul's thinking to herself that man, this is a really intense pressure from Haman, and I she thinks that she can't do it here. Yeah, she's like, I really want to kill Haman, but she's got a crazy aura. <laughs> um, 
So Haman orders Pull to deal with the rebels on uh, the Cicero asteroid. Uh, and she thanks Shara for doing a good job. Haman thanks Shara for doing a good job. Uh, and then she has a, another little comment. Uh, again, put this in your pocket for later. She's like, Glimmy put a cyber new type near me. How dare she? While she stands next to Shara. Um, so uh, they're going to blow. We, we learned that Eno's idea is to blow a hole between uh, the the docking area between Cicero and Core 3. So uh, Eno wants to forcibly undock the, the, the two things um so uh so yeah they want to force the neozeon soldiers out of cicero and then basically force undock them um after we learn this the zeta and the double zeta launch with beach and mondo as the pilots um and they start doing a pretty good job of wrecking up neozeon units they are they're, they're pretty effective pilots at this point um, have we seen either of them f fight piloting the double Zeta before effectively? I know we've seen, no. we saw, was it Beecha piloting the double Zeta, but he was like terrible at it. Like, right. Yeah. This is, this is where the sort of retcon time gaps help because you can tell yourself they've been in simulators and doing training and stuff. Yeah. Because they really go from not very good to at least okay or serviceable to, oh, they're just protagonist level good now. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, they're taking... I mean, and you also have to figure, too, like, they're in way better units than Neo Zeon in this point. Because Neo Zeon took over side three, which was, you know, everything we've seen in side three so far is old suits. I mean, think about all the suits we saw in Tiger Bomb. The only new suits we've been seeing are the ones that are coming from Axis. Right, and they've got to hook up to this asteroid to have resources to basically crank some more stuff out. Yep. Um, yeah, so anyway, they, they take out a bunch of uh, Neozeon guys. And um, the the other dudes launch in dummy asteroids to get closer to the Argama. Um, and then we see Beecha and Mondo kind of go hide behind like got a bunch of people chasing after them and they sneak behind an asteroid and then while they're doing that they shoot off uh dummy balloons of their suits of the zeta and the double zeta that fly off and like the other suits just follow after them um so uh the girls are trying to escape their cell and l has decided that she is going to use her womanly ways to seduce someone so she can uh, get the keys and get the fuck out of there. Uh, and then they find out that they have a female guard. And she's like, God damn it. <laughs> um, but Paul shows up and uh, takes Rutina with her and takes her outside and frees her. And Rutina is proven right. Paul is a good person, right? 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 Um, I mean, I guess that depends. <laughs> Broken clocks right twice a day, right? Um, so, uh, Rutina begs Pull to save Ellen Rue as well. 
Uh, but Paul's basically like, you shouldn't be worrying about them. You should just be worrying about yourself and get the fuck out of here. Um, and then we see Shara and her minions hiding in some bushes, like overseeing this. And she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Rutina and Paul are working together, which must mean that they're all in league with Glimmy. You get a little bit of the comedy routine coming back here. Yeah. 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 You, you can't have slapstick humor without with, with Shara in the scene. You, you got to have it. Um, so Judo shows up right as uh, Paul leaves and runs into Rutina and finds out that Paul released her from, from jail. Um, Shara sees this and now she's like, wait a second. Wait a second. Glemmy's in control of the Gundam team and the Cicero Rebels. And what's going on here? <laughs> um, and and like this, this is all the with a conversation between her and her minions, but basically she's she's like putting all of these wonderful pieces together. Um, and she's like, no, I've had enough. I am going to stop this rebellion right where it is. And she charges in on Judo and tries to whip him. Uh, continuation of where she was in the last episode. Um, and he just like tosses his gun at the ground. And he's like, hey, listen, Shara. We should be friends. And then Paul flies through with the cubile. Uh, and he, she's being chased by some other suits that fly right over him. What are those suits? Gaza Seas. Those, okay. Okay. So yeah, uh, Judo is trying to talk to Shara, and then they get interrupted by Paul and these guys of seas. Um, and then Shara's like, "I need to deal with the Cubile. Uh So she runs off to get her suit. Um, well, this is this is because they see the Cubile, and then the Gaza Seas are going after it because they they don't know where she's going. Yeah. So you get the implication that she's not going where they thought she was supposed to be and uh pull two replies to them by blowing one of them up yeah and so that's why uh shara knee and lance say we need to go to our mobile suits and and they leave rutina and judo yeah so yeah pool has has gone off the reservation per se um and begins shooting at the villa that haman and maneva and um now her Shots aren't very effective. I, I it seems like she's more trying to send a message right now than actually kill anybody. Um, but we'll see. Um, Haman at this point has also been told that Glimmy has launched a surprise attack on Axis. Um, and this is when he was ostensibly supposed to be capturing the Argama. So this is kind of like the beginning of the Neo Zeon civil war series or arc or whatever we want to call it. Um, Hashtag it's all Glimmy's fault. Yeah. Um, and uh, Haman is also told that Axis is going to fall. Um, so we haven't seen Axis in a long time. Ostensibly it's like floating around somewhere in space. Uh, probably not too far away, I guess, but yeah. Uh, Axis is going to fall and get blown up or whatever. Yeah, and it's um, at this point that you will see these forces mentioned as either just Haman's forces and Glemmy's forces, uh, 
or some media will call it Neo-Zeon to mean Haman's group and Axis-Zeon to mean Glemmies because they take over Axis. Mm. Um, yeah, so Haman orders all of her troops to gather at the port so she can uh, start fighting off the civil war. Um, the Cubalite continues to attack the villa, but it's not actually doing a very good job of blowing it up. Like, it's damaging it at this point, but, like, you would think a, a mobile suit that advances this thing, like, especially once we <laughs> we go back and see, like, uh, you know, Char from the Battle of Loom just, like, ripping, uh, you know, space frigates in half, like, destroying a little villa in a colony shouldn't be that hard, right? Right. Well, um, I assume that Pull is trying to not destroy the entire colony. Because when Chara is thinking about fighting back against the Cubalay, she's wanting to use all of the beams yeah. on the Gamok. And Nia and Lance are like, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't, don't, maybe don't do that here. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. So um, Chara shows up uh, to fight and she has her, her henchman with her. Um, and then this is where Scotty mentioned that they're that Char is about to go full bore with her with her uh body laser attacks. Uh, but her guys, Nee and Lance, are basically no, 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 please don't destroy the colony. Um, so Nee and Lance start fighting Pull. Um, and Char eventually like joins in as well, but not at the level she wanted to. Uh, we get a flash to the villa, which is about half destroyed at this point. They had like blown like a big section of it apart. Um, and Haman indicates that she knew that this attack was coming somehow. So she she hints that she was somewhat prepared for this to happen. Um, at this point, now that everything's going crazy, why don't we add another faction in? The miners attack the Neozeon troops in this confusion and start pushing them back uh, out of Cicero. Um, Judo and Rutina make it down to Ellen Rue uh, and manage to help them uh, escape out of uh, the, the basement of the villa. Um, and <laughs> we get a little funny scene. Uh, we haven't really had this hint in several episodes, but uh, Judo like hugs uh, El and... Um, like he's forced to like, I forget what instigates him like breaking off the hug, but she's like, wait, 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 what? I could, what, why'd you stop? <laughs> no, she's trying to hug him and he's like, okay, well, nice, but we need to, we need to go. Yeah. And she's like, oh, come on. I thought we were having a moment. And then as soon as the, like she runs after them is when the thing collapses. It was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> That's look, he's a new type. Just fuck. Go Maybe follow yeah. what he's saying. Yeah. Yep. So Judo finds um, Haman when they are escaping. They all run and meet meet with each other, um, and she says that uh, Judo has apparently put up some sort of barrier that delayed her from dealing with the Cubalay. Um This goes back to I guess the episodes before where Rasra and Sarasa like talk about like somehow protecting judo or something i i don't know it's not so i take this as either one of two things an actual thing that is not explained well or haman making some kind of assumption that's just off base 
Yeah, I, the only thing I could see is one of the things that they've hinted about, about with even with the roster and Sarasa stuff is like new types have can cause interference with each other. They distract each other to a certain degree. They, you know, when they have either the attraction that, that like Haman and Judo have between each other, maybe there's something that's just like, you're not on your game, you know? And maybe that's what Haman is kind of hinting towards with like, you, you fucked me up. I was too busy, like thinking about you. So I couldn't focus on the cubile. Um, yeah. So right. As she's saying that, uh, there's an explosion and he like judo goes and he like basically tackles Haman Maneva and the lady in waiting. I think she has a name, but I don't ever remember. Uh, I'm mm. she has a name. I know it, but they, it's only rarely brought up if ever. Um, but yeah, so he jumps and saves them as Shara's suit, um, falls into the villa. Um, Lance, uh, yeah, Lance shows up and uh, takes Haman and Mineva while the other suit, three suits continue fighting. Haman's basically like, she she had been holding a gun on Judo and was like, I'm going to let you go this time, Gadget. Um, so at this point there's more destruction and chaos everywhere. And Judo's like, Hey, let's go to this cable car thing. They call it a linear car, but it's, it's a fucking cable car and a colony. Uh, and they're like, no, you know, that's not a good idea. Right. Judo, right. Judo He's like, I know, but he's got a core fighter there. So somehow, somehow. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, they, they had hinted before that they were like strategizing and tactifying, this entire thing. So um, they get the, the core fighter and like um, in the cable car uh, and uh, they push the linear car with the nose of the core fighter. Yeah. They push it out. Like the, the linear car basically has this like line that it follows. It takes it out of the colony or out of the, yeah. Out of the colony. We see Um, this in war in the pocket. If you'll recall. Oh Yeah. That's right. Um, so, yeah. So, the Beach and Mondo show up as Judo and everybody gets out of the colony, and let's know, lets Judo know that they're just waiting for the Argama show to show up, and everything on Cicero is good to go. So they're they're about ready to force that undocking. Um, a hole gets blown into the colony. Um, right near them, and Cubelay kind of like flies out of the hole. Um, and then Beecha and, and Judo are Judo's like, uh, Beecha, you need to get out of the double Zeta now. <laughs> and Beach is like, Yeah, I probably do, right? <laughs> yep, so they they basically just switch out core fighters, yeah, handy, yeah. Um, so right as uh, Pull is about to fire. On on the double Zeta, she sees uh, original Pole's ghost protecting Judo. Uh, kind of like she she has her gun aimed and she likes about to pull a trigger, and then she sees other Pole like like Hey, no, stop! Um, judo tries to take. It's off- funny because if you watch Zeta before this, you get to this part, and this is like not even you don't even question it for a minute. It's just such a normal thing at this point. Yeah, why not? 
Yeah, this is, I mean, you think about uh, what was that, the creepy guy, the pilot um, that had all the women. That Scirocco. Were yeah, Scirocco. Yeah, it's a thing. Um, yep, so Judo tries to pull talk uh, pull out of, of fighting because he's like, listen, I know you regret killing the other pole. You, you really should just stop fighting me. Um, and he says that, you know, you saved Rutina because she reminds you of yourself, right? Uh, and then she gets pissed and attacks. Um, Judo just dodges everything while trying to talk her out of the fight. Um, Judo is getting really good at like dodging and talking these days. Like that feels like that's about all he's done the past few episodes when he's fighting. Um, it's, it's building up, you know, turbulence in the plot. His defensive skills are just fucking on par at this point in the show. Um, that's why everyone says he's like the best pilot because no one can hit him. Yeah. Yeah. He's like the red comet. You just can't shoot it. Um, so yeah, the Argama finally fires the mega particle cannon, um, after the rebels fall back in Cicero, uh, and judo withdraws from the fight. Um, he tries to tell pull to back off. Uh, but you know, she doesn't really listen that much. And she's like, no, you're just trying to trick me again. Yeah. Yeah, and and this is oddly this is the second time that she's been around one of these uh, mega particle cannons, wasn't it? Or was that the original pull? That yep, that was OG pull. <laughs> yeah, that was OG pull that like got sideswiped by one of these. Uh, but yeah, she uh, her suit gets blown up, but we do see um, a core ejecting out of it at, that they don't really highlight, but it's shown. You gotta know to look for him by now. Yeah. Like it's you just got to look for that little orb kicking off to the side. Yep. Uh, yep. So Cicero is severed from core three. They are forced undocked. Um, Shara tells Haman that she wants to launch. Um, but Haman says, you don't need to be focused on the Argama right now. Uh, Glemmy is our, our main priority. Um and then she gives uh, Hermione gives Shara control of the fleet to take out Glemmy's rebellion, um, which to me doesn't seem like the best idea. Well, no. At the beginning of the like when we saw her show back up, they're like, "She's only a little bit crazy. We've mostly got her under control." By the way, here's the whole fleet. And remember, a lot of what we see of Hamon in this, outside of you know, like Dakar she has other people do things. Yeah. That's what she does. She's a leader. Like, yeah, we see at the end of the end of Zeta kind of gives us the wrong idea. Like when she's out in a mobile suit and all that, she kind of gets caught up in that and all the stuff with the Titans. But once they're beaten, she goes into full on. I'm just a like ruler delegator kind of person. Yeah, I mean, even if we go back to, like, the Shards Deleted Affairs stuff, which tries to, like, set up her, like, rise, like, she's not, like, she's not, like, a politician or anything like that. She gets famous because, like, she rushes out in her Schnee Vice and, like, goes and fights a bunch of people. Like, she's the, the symbol. So the, so the opposite of this. Because that manga's terrible. No, 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 no. I think it's still followed along. Like she's, she's very, she's very uh, 
passionate, but she's not like. We're going long. Let's just get back yeah. to the episode. All right, let's go. Um, all right. Yeah. So Shara taking over doesn't seem like a great idea, but she does it anyway. Um, and then back on Cicero, Cicero, Rutina and uh, Roy have been reunited as a family for, for once again. <laughs> Um, and we learned that the people on the Cicero are going to go like fly their little, uh, asteroid colony and find another colony to go live in. Um, and then Rutina tells Judo that pull two isn't a bad person. And he's like, I know, right? Like she's not that bad. And that's the end of the episode. There's a lot going on in this pair of episodes. Well, it's busy. So the the thing is, the two parter it's more like a one and a half parter, and then you have the second half of episode forty three where all kind it's tons of stuff happens. Yeah, well, it's really kicking off the whole like it, it was a lot of setup to move the pieces into place for the for Glummy's rebellion to start. That's really what it was. It was yeah. chess, it was it was chess moves getting shit in place to start that. That's all it was. Yeah. I, I actually really like this is again uh we've mentioned this a handful of times. The back half of Double Zade is really good, and this this section is really good. Again, Sharasun is fucking a, a bad character, but like <laughs> it's also funny. Like she's she's a she would not be a character that's made today, but like she serves to have light moments uh amidst all of the chaos and is still like she still manages to move the plot forward in non-terrible ways. Well, and she's reminiscent of Camille running into cyber new type girl of the week. Yeah. Over and over again, except that Chara's personality isn't like any of them. Yeah. Right. Um, but it's she's still cyber new type, you know, being manipulated. Just it's a very different example of that in judo always somehow manages to get it back to being wholesome, even though he's just had a face full of titties. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think about how they've portrayed Glimmy up to this point? Do you think he's earned what what they're giving him as far as like, his rebellion. What do you What do you mean? Like, has he earned the opportunity to rebel? No, uh, no. I mean, it just seems like the one of my issues with the like the stuff up to now is like Glimmy. When we first saw Glimmy earlier in the series, he was like this, like almost total noob, like guy. That's how he was presented to us, and then like. And we talked about this as like, oh, he's potentially taking over Char's, you know, role in the show. Um, but I don't, I don't feel like they ever fully flesh him out to the degree that it makes it makes sense for like the things that are going on now. I, I think the stretch that does that is when, like, they're in Africa, and he gets sort of left alone for a while. And allies up with the Blue Corps, and then eventually finally gets back with Neo Zeon. He was he was already kind of plotting some things before that, 
Uh, if you remember, oh, I don't remember that one guy's name. But he gets killed. But anyway, he's, he's kind of plotting some things. They, they give some foreshadowing for it. Sure. I think what hurts this part is, oh, Tiger Bomb, you don't, and, and some of the stuff right before that, you don't see him for a while. Yeah. And so it's almost like the foreshadowing for it happens, but then you have so many episodes where it's a complete non-factor that it leaves your mind. And then it just sort of comes back and it might feel unearned, but there, there is a, and I noticed this, especially on the rewatch. Yeah. They, they, I think they build it up just fine. It's that the immediate, the stuff immediately preceding it is very devoid of Glemmy. And it, I think that can, in the moment, make it feel like, wow, well, what? Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I, I do agree, though. Like, the one of the rougher things on this series about the first part is that I really don't think the Glemmy that we see at the start is just it's it's almost just a different character right yeah it, it feels like he's a junior character that they're right. trying to build up to be kind of more like a jared type person yeah yeah he feels more like that it's i really think that stuff changed after those episodes as far as the overall trajectory of the series i think when we first see glemmy as more then random new scrubby kid. That's when things probably gelled as far as where they were going. But when we see him really early, I, I really, really think that at that point in production, uh, Char was still going to show up in this by the end. Because if you think about it, I mean, I, I almost like this better. You know, Char would disappear after Zeta, but he's really just decided to give up and work with Haman, or at least makes it look that way before he then has a lot of people that are naturally sympathetic because he's Char that he convinces to help him. And he, then he is able to take over Axis because of who he is and all that. I think that works better as far as the meta series goes, but that's not what happened. That's not what we got. So we have Glemmy. He's our substitute. And I think given it's one of those, I think they probably did about as good as they could have with what they had. Yeah. Except maybe cut tiger bomb out. Yeah. My, I think if they would have had it to do over again, just spitballing, I feel like they probably would have kept Sirocco alive and made Sirocco a stand in for Glemmy. Maybe I, you know, it's just conjecture of like. At least Sirocco felt at least more, more well developed as a character. I think we would have seen more of Glammy earlier on, perhaps even in Zeta. Yeah, if they were to redo it and keep Glammy around, right? I think you would see Glammy at some point in Zeta, even if it was only a small bit, at least to introduce him. Um, yeah, I, I wonder how um, the the mangas that are being written right now handle any of this. I wonder if it's a little bit more um, coherent. I, I need to sit down and read some of that those new ones. The only thing I've seen recently is a panel of four being like mentally crucified by the Psycho Gundam. It was very Evangelion looking. <laughs> hey, it's good inspiration. I'm a fan. All right. You guys got anything else? 
No, I mean, we're kind of closing in on the end here. We've got four more episodes. Not including the Evolve stuff. Which is very short. So, yeah. 4.1 episodes. <laughs> yeah, we're getting there. This this series is slowly wrapping up, but it's good. I like it. I, every time I watch Devil Zeta, I like it more, I think. like It's easy yeah. to pick apart things that you don't like in this series, because there's a lot of like little things that you're like, ah, this is a fucking 80s cartoon. But, like, it's really well done. Well, and I think uh, this is something I was reflecting on. I don't remember if this had happened, and I I might have mentioned this a couple episodes ago, so I, I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself, but uh, I think it's funny that as we've gone along, our podcast coverage of this series has ended up being really well-timed because you can watch this show on Crunchyroll now. Yeah. And yeah. I think a lot of fans, now that it is readily available on a streaming service legally and officially and not a Gundam info YouTube channel thing where it's up for a week. I mean, like you're not going to watch 47 episodes in a week. Well, I mean you can, but I hope you're on vacation. Uh, you know, I think more people are now able to experience it and make their own decision on it. And I think most of the people that are watching are finding, Oh wait, they, Oh yeah, this actually is entertaining. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and and kudos to those people. Yeah, I, I I really I'm excited about the double Zeta and moving forward, finishing this, going on to like CCA and and the other stuff because um, Zeta and double Zeta I think are, are really solid content. Uh, CCA I have thoughts on, <laughs> um, but I think we all do. Yeah, it it's all good stuff though. I like it. I can retire. Get through unicorn. I can retire. You're not going to read uh, all 30 novelizations of uh, Crossbone Gundam? No. <laughs> I'll build. I'll build the 26 master grades of the F90 A through Z. Instead of watching Victory again. <laughs> but you get to see that remastered frame you were talking about. Oh, no, they didn't touch it. It's still messed up. <laughs> that's what I was. That's that was the point. It, the, the ending shot of Katagina going through like some forest or something on a hover round in the snow. It's like zoomed real way in too far. And it just looks really stupid. And it's just the perfect ending for Victory Gundam. Because it's the, the worst shit heel, doesn't die, and is on an, a really weird, you know, shot doing who knows what. And it's not even, like, composed correctly. Yeah. I, I still haven't even watched victory gundam for the first time don't i've watched like the first few episodes a few times yeah and they don't make any sense because they're out of order <laughs> welcome to victory gundam know. nothing is right i don't even know if i finished it i, I don't even remember you watch the episode with the like biker dudes yeah. wanting to bring the spirit of biking back to earth yes Outside of that, like 
you know, you can watch the first handful of episodes and then maybe the last dozen and you you get the point. The the last dozen are, are watchable. They're okay. They're just okay. Um, but like, they're not bad. They're not actively bad like most of it. All right. We're, we've gone <laughs> too long on this episode. It's past my bedtime. It's past Let's mine end this. too. All right, guys. Thanks for watching. We'll see you again in two weeks. Uh, follow us on Twitter at New Type Flash Pod and wherever else we uh, post this stuff. Usually the old um subreddit. Uh, thanks again, and we'll see you soon. Bye bye.